Welcome to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast, where we provide education and resources for family matters in Polk, Highlands, and Hardy counties. We're so glad that you've joined us. So now, let's talk about it. Good afternoon. My name is Katie Parchment. I'm with Heartland for Children, and welcome to Let's Talk About It podcast. Today I have with me... Amanda Wilson. I'm with the Department of Children and Families. And we are so excited to be here today because we are going to be speaking to you guys about Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month, which is in the month of January every year. And so we want to dig a little bit deeper into what human trafficking is and kind of some of the trends that we see around trafficking and um, and spread awareness about the importance of this topic. Yep. <laughs> so, so let's be- talk about it. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, let's talk a little bit about kind of our roles um, in our in our in our duties yeah. as it relates to human trafficking in our community. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Amanda Wilson. Like I said, I'm with the Department of Children and Families. With the department, I serve as the Community Development Administrator. I've been with the department for 17 years, and I know, exciting, right? Yeah. Almost 18 years, which in our world, it's like. You're a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really exist um, around these parts with that many years. But anyway, uh, part of my role in uh, the community is building relationships with our partners. With that, a lot of prevention work, like you know, our, our partners at Heartland for Children. And I serve in a role of prevention as our human trafficking task force for the circuit here, Circuit 10, which is Hardy, Highlands, and Polk Counties. Uh, Kadian serves as my co-chairman here on the Circuit 10 Task Force. Right, yeah. That's, that's our roles. In yeah. yeah, so I've, I'm with Heartland for Children, like I stated before. Um, my title now is Resiliency Coordinator, um, but I did start off at DCF about 15 years ago and was in and supervised the unit, what was referred to at that time as an institutional unit. Mm-hmm. And in that um, role, we did all the human trafficking cases for Polk Highlands and Hardy Counties. Mm-hmm. So that's really when I got my first taste mm-hmm. of human trafficking and kind of what it was doing in our community mm-hmm. and um, the investigation piece of that. And really just been in the task force since its inception and now currently co-chairing with Amanda um, as we move forward with just awareness and community involvement and making sure that everybody um, understands how vital this is to making sure that our kids and our communities are safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about awareness, I feel like you know people hear about human trafficking happening and think it happened, you know, believes it may happen, but not necessarily here. That's what we hear a lot in um, within our task force, in our communities, right? Yeah. I feel like, some, so first, let's start off. What is human trafficking? Good point to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it is, there's two components, right? Sex trafficking and labor trafficking, two major components to human trafficking. Uh, one of the primary components, the, well, the majority um, is sex trafficking, commercial sex trafficking, and it's force, fraud, or coercion. of right of um you know forced sex acts um and for people over the age of 18 um there has to be that forced fraud or coercion um, component however we deal in child welfare like we're saying and if you're under the age of 18 there doesn't have to be a proven forced fraud or coercion if there are sex acts being performed as you know um sexual exploitation yeah um so that's the sexual 
Yeah, it's kind of understood that some element of that has taken place. Mm -hmm. If you're under and 18. If you're on the age of 18, especially. And so you really don't have to prove that in court. However, um, we try to educate kids that there's something, there's some element, there's some grooming that takes mm -hmm. place that um, has one of those elements within it. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the commercial aspect of it, because it's CSEC, which is this commercial ex sexual exploitation of a child, the commercial part means that there's some kind of exchange. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's monetary exchange or exchange for a place to live or mm -hmm. um, exchange for goods or hairstyles, mm -hmm. um, that exchange piece is really what makes the difference with that commercial um, aspect of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, it happens in our communities. It does. And it does. our hope is that we won't turn into a community where it's very prevalent mm -hmm. because prevention is a big component of that. And thankfully, we have great working um, relationships with local law enforcement and state law enforcement and um, can be able to really enforce those efforts to yeah. prevent yeah. human trafficking. But it is a component that affects all of us. It, it's definitely happening. Uh, and I mean, we've seen it. You, you said you in, you've investigated. Every year, we, um, we have started investigating want to say between 2007 and 2010 it yeah. just got you know we just started pushing even though we know slavery and this trafficking has been going on for centuries uh, really it's it's becoming you know more wide known and, yeah. and um, there's been a push and some advocacy for it in you know really in the 2000s and it really just got you know I think human trafficking awareness day which is January 11th, by the way, I almost said tomorrow, but this may not air <laughs> before January 11th. But um, January 11th, every year, we recognize as human trafficking awareness um, since 2007. And since then, we actually implemented the National um, Human Trafficking Awareness or the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And there have been thousands of identified victims on the national line and then in the state of Florida um, about 17,000 identified victims and in fact the state of Florida ranks constantly number three yep. in our nation Top for right. human trafficking yeah. victims being identified right. so you know when we talk about is it happening here <laughs> it's definitely happening here it's happening here in Polk County in Hardy County, in Highlands County. Uh, so there's definitely no question about it. You've yeah. seen the victims when you were. Oh, absolutely. And yours are just child victims, the ones that we've worked with, right. you and I personally. Correct. However, there are more than just child victims right. in our. And so it is modern day slavery. Mm -hmm. There's more people enslaved now than any other time in, mm -hmm. in, in the world history. Mm -hmm. And we're not just talking about just a, um, a U.S issue it's a global issue yeah. and so it's something that even though it's global it still affects people within our backyard mm -hmm. and so even though we would delve mainly in child welfare we've had the opportunity over the last several years mm -hmm. to work very closely with law enforcement mm -hmm. on their human trafficking prevention things and operations mm -hmm. just to kind of have that upfront intervention piece with some of the recovered um, victims and so um, that's another really vital part of this is collaboration amongst mm -hmm. agencies, amongst law enforcement, child welfare, mm -hmm. because um, it takes a village. 
and that village also includes the professionals involved. And so we are fortunate to have that collaboration within our community. Mm -hmm. But like Amanda said, it is something that's prevalent. Now, Amanda, clarify for me, because I know I've spoken to people within the community, and they always come on their assumption that there's a dark dungeon, and the kids oh, are being locked away there, like and that's the only the form of movie human. taken. Like the movie <laughs> taken. Like they're kidnapped yes. in the middle of wherever. The, is that the only way in which um, people are trafficked? No, no. That's like a very, like, I want to say, I don't want to quote percentages, but I think it's like less than 1% or 10% or something, a very, very small percentage where people are actually unknown taken and, and things like that. But yeah, it, it's happening um, to, you know, usually, like you said, there's some grooming that happens. It's usually someone that may be known. Uh, it happens in families, familial situations. There are, are, unfortunately, the people that we work with are at risk, considered at risk for it because you're looking for love and someone to care for you and, and things that you haven't had, like money and you know material stability. things and stability and oftentimes um the perpetrators of this crime uh go after that go after the um the you vulnerability know, the vulnerability and and try and establish that stability and i'll give you this and i'll give you that or um oh and then you know the control takes over and, right. and, and that's what happens. So usually it's a good relationship and that's what makes it hard because they think they're in a good thing and they're getting things that they've never had before and at first it feels really good. And a lot of times it still feels good even after it hurts because we know the dark side to that is, you know, abuse and, and sexual exploitation and forced labor and everything else. So. Uh, no, it's not like you see in the movies or like think people think you're shackled up in a dungeon. Yeah. It's not like that. It's it you know it's happening to our kids um, who are going to kids school who are every going day. to school every single day. So what are some of those signs you can look for to know for our community because this is what it's for, right? What what would be signs or indicators that someone may? Yeah, so when we're looking at behavioral changes within someone, then that's a really big indicator because if we have a child who we know financially cannot afford um, very expensive mm -hmm. items or um, new grooming techniques mm -hmm. um, like nails and expensive mm -hmm. hairstyles, and they're very secretive about how they're able to afford those things. They don't have an income. Phones. Cell phones. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, b walking around and now have a new boyfriend mm -hmm. or have tattoos that traffickers are branding our boys and girls. Mm -hmm. And so they may have a tattoo with a rose or a star or money sign or that cherries. says daddy mm -hmm. or has cherries. Mm -hmm. Those are all signs. Mm -hmm. um, the gangs are using this as a form of income too. So if you see a child who's favoring a certain color and also very secretive, leaving, um, running away frequently, leaving for long periods of time and not saying where they're going, then those are some signs where you want to say, oh, red flag, let's mm -hmm. kind of pay attention to mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that every teenager who's sneaky is being trafficked because we know they're teenagers. Yeah. But there are definitely some signs that we want to look out for of, um, especially if you're in the medical field and you're seeing a child who's coming in with frequent pregnancies or STDs or um, uh, uh, marks and bruises on their yeah, bodies, yeah. 
um, using substances. Those are all some indicators mm -hmm. of mm, what's going on here mm -hmm. and we need to dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. As we know, we're all mandated reporters in the state of Florida, so mm -hmm. when we do see those indicators, we definitely want to take action. Yeah, and I would just want to take it a step further beyond child, because I know we always go mm -hmm. to, to child, uh, but adults too, you know, uh, at the ER, when you see, when you come across, or, or anywhere, but I'm just thinking of you know, responding to medical situations, people who seem fearful to look you in your eye, to tell, you know, talk about their personal situation. Mm -hmm. If they don't have ID or legal documents, if they're not able to identify themselves appropriately, uh, those would be signs and, and, and indicators that something may be going on there. And you bring up a good point because oftentimes we'll see the traffickers with that trafficked person mm -hmm. and not allow them to speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. So you, would you like something to drink? They're not allowed to answer. They're not making eye contact, mm -hmm. right? They're avoiding that one-on-one -on -one time. He's gonna answer for me or she's gonna answer for right. me. Right, and so another good point that you bring up, Amanda, are traffickers always males? No. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, you know, traffickers, while, I would say the majority male, but um, there are women traffickers, uh, men traffickers, and women and men victims, and boy and girl victims. Oh. Um, we've seen the whole gamut. Yeah, and oftentimes there's a hierarchy within that trafficking organization. So you may have the pimp, and then you may have what they refer to as the bottom, which is kind of like HR recruitment. And that person will go out and recruit other boys and girls for trafficking and just kind of be like the madame over those mm -hmm. um, victims. Mm -hmm. And so you some, sometimes you may not see that male or um, that dominant person over a younger victim. It may be a female, it may be somebody within their age group where you're saying, well, they're, they're just cousins or they're older sisters. And it could be that that's the um, bottom who is actually mm -hmm. monitoring and making sure that they're staying in line. And so if your gut is telling you that something's not right, then you probably should follow up on it safely though. Mm -hmm. That's important. Yeah, you don't want to get yourself or anyone else involved um, into an unsafe situation uh, where things may be um, not safe for you or anyone else. Right. So we were just talking about some of the warning signs, kind of things that we could look out for. Um, but how are traffickers getting involved and in contact with people anyway? So I guess back to what we were saying, you know, oftentimes they may know, right? You, I think you talked about like cousins, friends, I know this person, you know, if you have one person, the bottom person who mm -hmm. like knows or is involved, um, then it's word of mouth or they're actually using online techniques, games. Your kids love the gaming and everything. The games, the apps. Have you heard of, you may not have heard, but um, there are a lot of apps that seemingly are inconspicuous that our, our kids play on, or even some of the game, Roblox, you know, I know a lot of people know about Roblox. It's mm -hmm. one of the dangerous apps that, you know, traffickers can access our kids through the chat functions. You know, if you have the chat functions enabled, your child is susceptible to being vulnerable to a trafficker contacting them and building a relationship with them. Um, so, you know, um, there are very um, seemingly innocent ways that traffickers can engage with kids. And then they're really smart individuals that can sense the vulnerability and can sense the need for um, the things that they, you know, can can target and, and provide. So yeah. I think that's 
that's a huge way online you know yeah phones internet absolutely dangerous so when we think about just that lure right it's I'm gonna build, build that friendship mm -hmm. on social media, in real life. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes our kids don't realize that that 5,000 friends that they have on social media, how many of them do they really know in real life? Mm -hmm. And how many people are liking your posts or inboxing you just to kind of lure you in, mm -hmm. to build those relationships to eventually kind of see how they can manipulate the situation. Mm -hmm. And so I always advise parents to just be aware of who your kids are interacting with on social media, in real life. Mm -hmm. um, take off some of those geolocating um, um, features on social media that your kids may mm -hmm. have on Snapchat, mm -hmm. where a trafficker could say, oh, we always end up at the same place. It's meant, it's meant to be. In reality, they just befriended your child on social media and now is using geolocating to track them and kind of develop that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at the stages of human trafficking, it's that grooming, it's mm -hmm. that lure, mm -hmm. it's that um, going in and then doing favors and just building relationships. And then there's that payback stage. Mm -hmm. And so after I've done all this stuff for mm -hmm. you, I've been, become mm -hmm. your everything, mm -hmm. you owe me something. Yep. And unfortunately that stage always comes along. There's no rhyme and reason to it. It's not like there's a formula of three months for this, two months for that, but it definitely comes back around after they felt like they've built up enough yeah. rapport with that victim to now um, manipulate them and use them for their own means. And again, like Amanda said, that could be a family member. Yeah. That could be a neighbor. That could be the boyfriend who notices that um, this young person at school doesn't have many, many friends and want to take care of that mm -hmm. um, relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different ways in which traffickers mm -hmm. interact with our kids, but we will say that online and familial mm -hmm. um, relationships are really highly mm -hmm. on the list. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not very often that you see just random pick up on the side of the street kind of trafficking situations. Not saying that it doesn't happen, but that relationship building definitely plays a huge role mm -hmm. in someone being trafficked. Yep, it's definitely part of the stages. So be aware. And I know we mentioned it is happening here. <laughs> you know, uh, people don't like to believe it's happening in your backyard, but it actually is. And so I just wanted to share that we do have some numbers. We just are, have rolled into 2023. Mm -hmm. And in the year of 2022, we had 81 reported um, intakes for child victims, children. This is just children here in our local area that were reported as human trafficking victims. 26 of them were verified to be human trafficking victims. And, um, and, and that included five labor traffic. So it's it, children. Uh, so it's definitely happening, sex and labor. Are you talking about when you say our community, Central Florida? No, our community, Polk, Hardy, and Highlands County. Um, and so this very small community. And actually these one, we didn't have any verified in Hardy and Highlands the last year. Doesn't mean it's not happening. Uh, but we, we definitely were able to verify the ones here. Yeah. The 26 were here in Polk County. And, and the, there were 31, which makes it a total of 57 of the 81. So the majority that had some sort of Indicators. indicator. Can't quite prove, can't quite verify it, but there were some indicators. So we know, 
It may be in one of the stages there, but we can't quite prove it yet. Right. So So I know we've touched a lot on sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. but I heard you say that you have Mm -hmm. five verified cases of labor trafficking with children. And so when we think about labor trafficking, which is another component of human trafficking, Mm -hmm. we're talking about working for little or no pay. Mm -hmm. We're talking about working extended hours, um, not having your legal documentation at hand, Mm -hmm. sometimes being given the most demeaning jobs on the job site mm-hmm. or having to um, live in cramp and dismal conditions. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, when we talk about just our population that we serve, which is the children, you have five kids mm-hmm. who weren't having a childhood mm-hmm. and were made to work Basically for forced servitude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is unfortunate. But like Amanda said earlier, Florida always ranks in the top mm-hmm. three, along with California and um, Texas, Texas. Mm-hmm. because of that agriculture, mm-hmm. because of that labor trafficking mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So even though sex trafficking is a major component in mm-hmm. human trafficking, labor trafficking is really mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that we see because we have a lot of hotels, we have a lot of service industries, mm-hmm. we have construction, mm-hmm. agriculture, mm-hmm. where unfortunately, whether you're a U.S. citizen or even a, um, a foreign person, you could be lured into that trafficking component. Yeah. When we talk about domestic trafficking, Mm -hmm. those are U.S. citizens, but um, there is also just trafficking in general where maybe somebody who may be here legally Mm -hmm. but didn't realize what they were getting themselves into when they got here. Right, right. So it's happening definitely here in our backyard. It's labor, it's sex, and so what do we do and how do you get involved? What can they do, Gideon? Well, I mean, there's simple things that you could do. Not everyone is going to say, I want to be a speaker. I want to be an advocate, um, and, which is great. We are always looking for um, additional people to join the task force. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about our local task force, yep. um, we've been in existence, I think, since 2010, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it really encompasses our three areas of mm-hmm. Polk, Highlands, and Hardy counties. Mm-hmm. And so within that task force, we have um, law enforcement, yep. we have community partners, mm-hmm. um, education folks, mm-hmm. um, people within DCF, within mm-hmm. Heartland for Children. We have our faith-based community. Faith-based we community. have uh, just community concerned community members. We do have some legislative representation. We have... Uh, um, yeah, different yeah. providers. Can you, can you go back just to say mm-hmm. sorry? Faith, faith, uh, faith-based <laughs> community. You're good, yeah. you're good. We have our faith-based community. We have legislative representation. We have community partners and providers that provide resources and support to traffickers of human, um, for to victims um, and survivors of human trafficking. Like locally here, we have really good relationship with One More Child that has... Um, a strong uh, um, trafficking pr- program. Program, yes. And Sela Freedom, Freedom mm-hmm. um, that has a really good program, also. So they yeah. are. Part and of those them. prevention efforts, the opportunity for the task force to mm-hmm. speak to different community groups, mm-hmm. um, meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and to collaborate and um, talk about different strategies and, and, and trends that we're seeing statewide mm-hmm. really gives an opportunity to strengthen our base here within um, our Circuit 10 um, environment. And so that's wonderful news. And a part of being a, the task force is that we have what coming up, Amanda? An annual symposium <laughs> that will uh, take place on January 19th at the Lakes Church in Lakeland. It will be a 8.30 a.m. doors will open. We'll get started at 9 a.m. 
and we will go until about 3.30 p.m. There will be different breakout or workshops on different trafficking um, subjects and a great learning opportunity, uh, prevention, awareness, taking action for our entire community, free and open to everyone in our community, educators, community members, parents, teens, children, you know, it's really, really important to get the aware, not only the awareness, but also what you can do to take action um, against this this crime. So right. we are excited because this will be the first time we'll be in person since 2020. Yeah. Um, we had our, our symposium January 2020, then you know what happened in March 2020. And so the last couple of years we've been virtual, so we're excited that we'll be in person, person again. Yeah. And, and it should be a good. really great mm-hmm. day of information sharing, mm-hmm. networking, and like Amanda said, Totally free. Yes. And so... Because of some wonderful sponsorships from our great partners like Heartland for Children. Um, Some of our faith-based churches have sponsored, um, provided some some sponsorships for us. So we're really, really grateful to our community that cares um, about what's happening here. And and so we're able to provide it for free. Yeah. It's always been free thus far. Yeah, and we can, we hope to continue that. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. If you want to join the Circuit 10 Human Trafficking Task Force, you can reach out to myself or Amanda for us to provide you with additional information. But then there's these simple things like having a conversation with your kids, mm-hmm. checking their phones, mm-hmm. checking their social media, talking to your friends, about um, what's going on as it relates to human trafficking so they can educate their kids. Mm -hmm. Going on social media and sharing a post that we've posted on the Circuit 10 human Mm -hmm. trafficking Mm -hmm. um, page. Mm -hmm. And so simple things Mm -hmm. that really just kind of um, help to combat it. But one of the main things is also just using your instincts, right? If you're at a rest stop and you see something that does not seem right, um, again, some of those indicators of not making eye contact or mm-hmm. seeming like looking disheveled, then safely gather information and contact law enforcement. Mm-hmm. We're not saying to approach that person or run the car down or grab that victim, but we definitely are eyes and ears out there as a community um, to help kind of just lead law enforcement in the right direction when it's done safely. Remember, mm-hmm. safety is paramount. Mm-hmm. And so if you could safely gather information, then do that. There's a ton of different apps, too, that help with mm-hmm. hotel recognition mm-hmm. and um, where you could post just your vacation pictures based on the hotel that you're at to help law enforcement identify um, victims based on the surroundings in that picture. And so simple things like that really just kind of help with the efforts. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have our National Human Trafficking um, Hotline, which is 1-888-373-7888. Again, 1-888-373-7888. Or, like Katie Ann said, your local law enforcement will be more than helpful if you reach out to them. If you see anything, if you see something, say something. And then how do people protect themselves? That's a very good question. So I am careful when I'm posting, like you said, if I'm posting things, you know, if I'm vulnerable and I'm giving my location to everywhere I go, uh, if I'm going by myself and I, you Parking know. places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, be aware of your surroundings, taking partners, especially, I mean, as adults, when we go out, if I'm going to even grocery store, things mm-hmm. like that, I'm, you know, parking in lighted 
places and, and communicating with the people that I know. And when I'm meeting someone, I'm, I'm sharing with trusted, uh, my trusted friends, you know. Where you're going. What I'm doing yeah. and things like that. And I guess not only on initial encounters, but ongoing what that relationship is like. Because sometimes, like we said, building the relationships, you know, sometimes when we're in things, we may not be able mm -hmm. to see or recognize signs that may be red flags, especially for a little vulnerable ourselves. Yeah. Um, so those things I think are very important. And so if you feel like you may be victimized or if you are, you know, experiencing um, signs or indicators of being a human trafficking victim, then speak with a trusted adult, someone that you trust. Right. You can contact local law enforcement. You can do all the things or ask someone to do all the things for you that yeah. you may feel like you may not be able to do, like contact law enforcement, or you may be afraid to do sometimes. Yeah, and always keep in mind too, if you are being victimized right now, that you are worthy and that you are loved. And I know a lot of times traffickers will say, well, no one's gonna want you after this, or you, you know, you're used up, uh, no one cares about you. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And so just reach out because love does not make you feel less than. And if that's what you're feeling, even though, like Amanda said, sometimes it's not always bad. It's sometimes it's a great feeling, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. other times in your heart, you know that this isn't the way that you want to live. Then even if it's writing a note and leaving it in the bathroom or talking to a that trusted teacher or friend, yeah. um, if you don't feel comfortable going to law enforcement, just get a way to get some kind of indicator to someone mm -hmm. so that we could reach out and get you the help that you need. Because mm -hmm. there is help available out there mm -hmm. and there's definitely people who can about you and love you that won't hurt you yeah so it was wonderful speaking to you Amanda Yay. we're super excited again about our symposium coming up on the 19th of January remember keep in mind that January is human trafficking awareness and prevention month and so any effort that's why we wear blue that's why we have on blue. our blue that is our color <laughs> um, so even the efforts of wearing blue and telling somebody hey do you know the reason I have on blue today mm -hmm. and giving them a little bit of information is also helping in the effort to combat human trafficking and so um, we are thankful that we have the opportunity from Heartland podcast let's talk about it to even have this discussion and really spread awareness thank you thank you thank you for listening to Heartland for Children's let's talk about it podcast there is a great need for foster families who are willing to open their hearts and homes to teens sibling groups and children with special needs to learn more check out the description for resources or visit heartlandforchildren.org